welcome to another edition of the Seafood News Podcast Show. As always, I am your editor, seafoodnews.com editor and underberry editor, Michael Ramsing. I'm coming to you guys from Toms River, New Jersey. It is our first show of the month of June. We had a brief spurt of good weather there, and now we're back into another dreary 60-degree and rainy day. We just really can't quite seem to climb ourselves out of a miserable spring. Um, We have had some fairly decent weather. It's kind of hit or miss, but we really can't seem to get those consecutive days of good weather together. It's pretty disappointing, but hopefully, you know, as we get deeper into June and closer to the real summer, uh, June 20th, and, you know, the weather will turn around and we'll all get a chance to enjoy some sun when we're not, you know, in this industry doing what we do best. Uh, As always, today's program is brought to you by our friends over at the James G. Murphy Company. The folks over at JGM are professional, commercial, and industrial auctioneers. And right now, we are going to tell you about an upcoming equipment auction JGM is having for commercial-grade fisheries equipment and real estate space in Astoria, Oregon. This is good news for anyone who's interested in getting into the fish business. The auction will be held on Tuesday, June 20th, and it includes over 50,000 square feet of facility space. For commercial seafood processing, this includes 1.6 acres of property, cold storage facilities, and a boat dock. So uh, it sounds like a good deal. So head over to murphyauction.com or call them over at 425-486-1246 to learn more about this upcoming auction and how you can sign up for live online bidding. So that's June 20th you know, in Astoria, Oregon, some, some equipment. So go check that out. And again, thanks to the James G. Murphy Company for sponsoring the show. As for today's program, it is the first week of the month, and as you guys all know, that means that we usually get a big data dump of uh, import stats and refusal stats from the FDA, and it's a good opportunity for us to get a a nice recap of some of the major trends in the seafood industry, and we'll bring that to you today. We will look at some seafood refusals. We'll look at some, uh, some of the latest shrimp import data. But first, we do have a few uh, news items that have come up in the last week or so since we last spoke to you guys, and uh, I guess we'll just dive right into it. First, uh, we go down to Chile, Chile, where there is a custom strike going on among the workers there down in in Chile, and this isn't anything new to the industry or those that work in the salmon industry and those who buy uh, Chilean salmon. uh, It's been actually... This is the longest stretch since I've been reporting on on the industry that the Chileans haven't been really battling any kind of work stoppage or work work labor issue in the country. Uh, those of you will recall, we had a major incident uh, about a year year and a half ago where a lot of the artisanal fishermen had started setting up roadblocks and such, and that prevented um, the farm industry from uh, being able to deliver some of their fish to their processing plants. And now we have, it's been a, but it's been a while since we've had a Chilean custom strike where uh, workers there at the ports and at the airports and at the uh, terminals and things like that have uh, walked off the job. And well, this happened, we're now in, in day 10, day 11 of the strike. And it's really because the federal workers claim that the government has not upheld their end of the bargain um, on a labor contract that was signed in uh, November. So they walked out of the job on May 24th. It was a Tuesday, and they're still uh, not working. And we did get a hold of some traders in the industry who said that some shipments of of salmon uh, through the Santiago airport were delayed by at least a day. Uh, We didn't hear anything as of today's recording, so... 
we'll continue to monitor how this trends. Generally, these things end uh, with, with some kind of agreement. Uh, the last one did cost the industry tens of millions of dollars because of the work stoppage. We're not really hearing that kind of direct impact this time around. So we'll um, monitor the market activity uh, this week and we'll see how supplies trend going forward. Uh, in some other news items, we picked up a story where uh, Thai Union and Chicken of the Sea Frozen Foods announced uh, a venture to start selling North American lobsters to the Chinese market. This would be done under Thai Union's King Oscar brand and what the um, distribution channels are they're going to go both through the retail brick and mortar stores and they're also going to use uh, online retail as a platform to sell these lobsters this is very interesting stuff given uh, the massive increase in lobster shipments to the chinese market and now you have two very big players thai union and, and chicken of the sea frozen foods which is a subsidiary of, of thai union uh, and you have these two major players now getting into this market in china uh, shipping North American live lobsters uh, and using both, you know, the traditional brick and mortar and the online uh, platform. Uh, as those of you who, have, you know, who read the news on Comtel and SeafoodNews.com, you'll know that the Chinese market um, is a just a sales boon for uh, those looking to break into new markets, and lobster has benefited greatly from that. And now we're seeing a lot of salmon come online and, and starting to go to the Chinese market. The shrimp trade has also gone very heavily to, to the Chinese market, particularly when you're looking at Ecuadorian supplies heading to China. So we have just another more evidence here of, of, of the industry now realizing the opportunities that can be had in, by selling more seafood to the Chinese market. We'll now start getting into some of our more specific market-related stories here. And we'll start with an update on Atlantic scallop prices. Uh, I think in our last show with you, we had reported on a surge in the scallop market. It might have even been the week before, but either way, we had reported in May how the Atlantic scallop market had sunk. The wholesale market had totally, well, not really bottomed out, but it had come off from, from we're talking about $1.50 that the market came down in just about a week. And that was really because of an unexpected glut in uh, supplies from the new season. The landings in March, at that point, our latest data had showed uh, very high landings uh, above the five-year average for the month of March. And uh, the, whole, the auction prices had reacted to that. They came down hard and fast. And then the wholesale market for 1020 um, scallops domestically here uh, was down $1.50 per pound, according to Ernerberry prices on Comtel. And this trend has continued. Um, it continued right up through the Memorial Day weekend. Prices came down a little bit more. And we got some additional data from April. And, and that showed that the landings through the first two months of the year were, were quite high. They were 18% above the year ago levels and 13% higher from the five-year average through the first two months. So production in New England, or I'm sorry, production along the Atlantic coast for scallops is high, and it's keeping prices low, and it's pushing them down even lower. So we'll, we'll see how far this market will drop. Remember, as we get into uh, June and July and August, these landings are going to, they should only continue to increase. So that is, that should continue to build the inventories here in the summer, and we'll see if these prices have room to, to come down even more. That would, that would put them below 
levels that we haven't really seen in, in quite some time. So we'll uh, we'll continue to watch that. Remember, you can remember you can always go over to Erner Berry's Comtel and check out those market prices um, that we report every Tuesdays and Thursdays. We, as I had mentioned at the top of the show, we had a new round of uh, refusal data come through by the FDA, and what we're seeing here is is a continued continued decline in refusals compared to last year, and it it appears to us in the research that it's less filth is being detected and refused by the FDA this year compared to last year, and. We're specifically seeing that when it comes to snapper, tuna, lobster, mahi. You'll remember that last year these items really carried the day in terms of high rejections because of filth that were detected in the shipments. Now, shrimp is still up. Shrimp remains the top the top item refused by the FDA. Now, part of that can be explained by the fact that we import so much shrimp. More on that in a minute when I talk about the Indian shrimp refusals. But let's remember that shrimp is a a high-volume import item, so it kind of makes sense when you think about it that, of course, the FDA is going to possibly be rejecting more shrimp items surely because there's just way more volume. But you'll remember last year we had insane amounts of snapper, tuna, lobster, and mahi rejections. Mahi ended up finishing the year as the most refused seafood item of, of the year, and it really cut into inventories in the in the market last year. It, it scared a lot of traders away from even wanting to buy ma- mahi, and it really threw a, a, a wrench in the whole, whole market system. You had a, a very high prices, and there was just this innate fear of wanting to even buy mahi because of the FDA's apparent interest in trying to detect elevated levels of histamine, and that's kind of when, when the FDA refuses mahi for filth, they're really re- f- detecting histamines in the fish, and that's why they're really not letting it into the country. So there was just this fear in the industry that they didn't want to even touch the product, if, if given the FDA's uh, apparent interest in trying to stamp out histamines in, in the fish. So it doesn't really seem to be the case this year. You have a 50% decline in filth in refusals for filth. Now, given that, filth remains the top reason. So you have pretty even or or flat uh, refusal stats when when you look at the next two reasons, salmonella and and illegal drug residues. Those two uh, refusal rejection numbers are about even with last year, but filth tops those uh, quite easily. It accounts for about 40% of this year's refusals so far. So the FDA is still looking at filth but it's not finding it in these shipments at as high rates as it was last year. So very interesting things to look at when it comes to the refusals. I mean, it's good news overall that the that the FDA is not uh, rejecting as many uh, buying light items here for you know to the country. But at the same time, it's still on uh, the uh, buyers. Uh, it should still be on the buyers' radar that they're still looking for filth and that shrimp is still on very much you know in play as a as a number one uh, refused seafood item. We have uh, some updates on the frozen snow crab industry, and it looks like the spring season in Canada was exceptionally cold. It was the coldest in recent years, according to some reports from seafoodnews.com, and we had that plus some other bad weather that has really slowed landings in Newfoundland, and now we're at a point where some think or believe that if this keeps up, it's likely that the quota won't be reached in Newfoundland altogether. Right now... Uh, just about 12,000 tons of the 28,000 ton quota has been landed. Uh, that's about 43% of the quota. 
And remember, this quota was adjusted lower from last year. And remember, we, we've talked about Snowcap a lot on this program. We, we've written about it a lot on seafoodnews.com. There's a ton of reports on Comtel about what is going on in the snow crab industry. And you know, if you've been paying attention, that prices are high and at elevated levels, some you know, we almost got to near record levels here at, at around near $8 a pound. It never quite hit $8 per pound, but it got pretty close. And that was really because of a shortage of the of the crab in the industry. Now, Newfoundland was supposed to be lower, and that was expected, and the Gulf is, is expected to kind of make up for all of this uh, as, as production kind of continues. But right now, it's so cold. It was so cold in Newfoundland, and production was so low. We now have this scenario where the Newfoundland quota might not be landed, and it's it's unknown what's going to happen. The industry was looking for more production, and uh, it's going to have to come from the Gulf because the new season production did start. Prices, you know, had started reacting downwards, uh, but now they're kind of stabilizing now that the the pipeline is kind of slowed. So again, we are now back to a wait and see approach when it comes to this industry, and we'll uh, we will report back when we when we have more information. We'll, we'll now switch over to shrimp. We won't touch on the imports quite yet. We're going to look at quickly um, some uh, Gulf of Mexico uh, supply data. We did get the latest shrimp harvest figures from April. Uh, as you all know, April isn't isn't a, a key producing month for this industry. It, it, the season started in Louisiana in on May 15th. And what we're hearing from traders is that that meaningful production that's starting to come in is already of sizes that were already in, in good supply before the season started. Uh, we're not getting the the mid-sized shrimp that the industry was short on heading into this season. Uh, and what that's done is it's, it's, it's having an impact on the market. You're seeing market quotations for the smaller size whites, 60 and up, and you're seeing the, the, the larger sized whites, 15 and, and up. Um, those 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 supplies are, are were fairly good coming into the season, and the shrimpers are landing more of those shrimp, so prices are coming down on those items. Meanwhile, you have, you know, shortages on uh, anywhere between 21, 25s to to 40 count shrimp, and again, inventories remain tight because there's there's no shrimp coming in at those sizes right now from Louisiana. Now remember, it's still early in this industry in the season. So we'll see how production trends as we head into June, how, how it trends into, into July. Uh, Mississippi season starts on June 7th, for those that are listening. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this continues to go. Remember, the heavy producing months for the Gulf of Mexico shrimp industry are generally in the latter part of the year. We peak in August, but you still get a lot of good, meaningful production in September, October, and even sometimes in November. So, again... Um, Oh, and also remember the Texas season for brown shrimp closed, so uh, the market still remains very tight on on those inventories, and prices are reflected are reflected there on Comtel. Finally, what we have for you today is a report uh, on the latest shrimp import figures, and you know once again it's India. India remains the talk of the town in this industry. They are can, they just continue to supply the United States with all the shrimp that this country can take. And it's really impressive figures. Uh, in April alone, uh, imports were up 80%. That is a 30.5 million pound month for imports from India. It is a very high number, but it's interesting. It's not unprecedented. Uh, there was a time in 2015 when Indian imports did increase 80, about 80%. Uh, to, to about 28 million pounds or so. And it was around 23% uh, 
23 million pounds. It was an 80% increase to 23 million pounds. So again, not an unprecedented increase here we're seeing in April. But what is interesting is that this is ahead of the peak production period for Indian producers. Generally, we don't see this kind of production until July, and then you know that kind of increases through December, and then you know the harvesting period ends, and then we're we're you know kind of trending and waiting until the the production starts up. So again, India just power is just powering this market. Um, for the year, their imports are up forty three percent, and th that's a good enough for a one hundred and ten million pound figure for the year so far. So a lot of shrimp, Indian shrimp in the market. Just a couple notes that we saw elsewhere. Uh, Indonesia is comfortably at second place, uh, and they're about flat with last year, so there's really no news there. We did report re, uh, on our previous show uh, the significance of Ecuadorian shrimp heading to the Chinese market, and but we also reported that it was a record production uh, month for Ecuador in April, and that did reflect in uh, the U.S. import stats, which are up 30% for the month. Uh, that kind of brought Ecuadorian imports to about a flat level compared to this time last year. Uh, we also saw Vietnam and, and we also saw Thailand and Vietnam imports decline and Chinese imports were higher. And just a note on the, the Argentinian red shrimp, uh, those, those imports were, were higher and continue to be higher as we you know, had said that this market is interested in, in Argentine red shrimp right now. So that really does does it for today's program. Uh, again, we thank our friends over at James G. Murphy for sponsoring the show. Remember, you can get all of these stories, all of the analysis, all the market commentary, everything is all on Ernerberry's Comtel. It is the premier market intelligence platform for the seafood industry. It has everything you need. Uh, seafood news is there. The market quotations are there. The expert commentary is there data up the wazoo can be found there it's it's all really good stuff and it's really a tool that no one in the industry who's trading fish should be without so give us a call 732-240-5330 to learn more about how you can sign up we do have a free trial period if you want to try it out for those who aren't interested in it but really you really just want to sign up and get it it's it's worth it it'll, it'll help you make better business decisions every day so don't wait, give us a call, or just head over to shop.earnerberry.com and, and sign up, and we'll take care of you there, all right? We'll be back next week with, our sh with another show. We'll see what the seafood industry has for us going forward as we head into June. Uh, for those of you who want to hit me up, you can get me at Michael Ramsing on Twitter or at News on Twitter. You can check us out on SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher now, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And you can also uh, look us up on Facebook, seafoodnews.com, uh, just to see what else we're reporting throughout the day and the week. And uh, for anyone who's interested and wanting to reach out to us, you know, feel free to drop us an email or call us or you know, tweet us or Facebook us, however you want to access us. We are, we're here all the time reporting the industry. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.